Warning. Missing save form. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed the first time around. And this week we're talking about the uh, video game journey. Not, I mean, did we get all of the journey puns out of our system at the tail end of last month's episode? Because we had some, we had some comments on that. Some people I were mean, just wanting to make sure we got that, that done. Don't st- well, we we almost certainly used "Don't Stop Believing," right? I was going to say "Don't we Stop did. Believing" that we got through them all. We used "Who's Crying Now." <laughs> um, all right, let me. So, so I, I think we got most of those. I, you know, Paul, we got only, I say, only the young ones. I think only the young. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I will say this, Paul. Um, at one point during playing this game, uh, my reaction was, "Wow, this AI is really good." And then yep. <laughs> this, this right here is why I didn't want to talk to you about it before. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to it. Ambient music swells in your ears. The sound of the wind tirelessly blowing across the open desert fills and surrounds the room. Stringed instruments build in the background. Suddenly, the first visuals the game has to offer take you flying across a seemingly endless ocean of desert and then stop to reveal a small roped figure. Looking almost like the tallest Jawa in his class, this will be your character. The camera spins behind him and off in the distance, you see markers atop a sand dune. Your journey begins, and where it will take you is beyond what you can imagine. Journey is beautifully minimalistic in its game design, and while light on the button presses, it's heavy on the surprises and the spectacle. A game with no recorded dialogue, yet an experience that will tug at your heartstrings. Journey was originally published for the PlayStation 3 back in 2012, and it was the third exclusive PS3 title in a three-game contract between Sony and that game company. It was later ported to the PS4 by a company called Tricky Pixels, which proved to be a bit of a technical challenge for that group, and later ported to Windows by Annapurna Interactive, most recently coming to Steam on June 11th, 2020. I absolutely loved my time with Journey, and I thank my co-host Paul for recommending it, and I'm excited to talk about it this time on The Missing Save File. Is that the throw? (laughs) That's the throw. (laughs) There it is. I thought you were going to say that we would get to talk about all the people and places. Um, <laughs> so, so I want to, I want to get caught, but <laughs> <laughs> I, so the thing, the abs, the thing that absolutely blew the top off of my head was that um, you get to, you complete the game. Um, you get the, a couple of screens and then it's just like people met along the way. And I'm like, wait a minute. Those look like PlayStation Network handles. <laughs> they do look like that. Yes. <laughs> and like I I like suddenly it's it's one of those things where you you look at it it takes you a moment to process because you know this is a very unique experience for a multiplayer game because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you look at it and and you just I mean there's almost no interface to this game at all let alone any interface for for what you know a multiplayer game would be yeah there is no interface to this game <laughs> right when you boot it up you have one button to press that says new journey yep um or start journey i forget what it actually says um i think it says start new journey and like you could pause but i don't think there's even a pause menu 
right? Like Mm -mm. there just aren't menus. Um, There's nothing. Um, I I was kind of, I was kind of going back and forth on whether or not you were going to have that same first experience with this game, whether you're going to pick it up or not that you were playing with other people. Um, Because I think that's the kind of standard first run through this, which I guess maybe we just spoiled for all our listeners who haven't played it. Well, the um, point of this whole podcast, right, if you're doing it right, was last month we kind of did the whole, we're sure. doing this. You should have you know, already you, done your homework, listeners. You play at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, spoiler alert, we're getting right into it. But uh, but yeah, I, I just, it suddenly made all those interactions with those those characters that I met along the way make way more sense. Because I don't know if you did this while you were playing, but like that button that you can hold to like send out that energy burst or whatever and kind of recharge the other person. I would just kind of tap on that to like beat out some communication, you know, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, they would beat boot back at me and sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. And I was like, oh, this, this guy's feeling a little chattier, you know, but all the while I was a hundred percent convinced the whole time that this was like AI so much so that at one point of the game, I actually had somebody like goof up on their pathing and like fall off of the cliff. And I, and, (laughs) and I was like, man, stupid AI. But at that point I was like, I was committed to like you and me, man, we're getting through this together. Um, so I dropped down there and went back and got him. man. He went his separate ways and you went down there with (laughs) open arms. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I did in a sense. Yes, I, I did do that. Um, and, and like there were points at this, at, in this game where, you know, I mean, all kinds of, I mean, I mean, you can talk about the different vistas that you go to and the different things that you see and even some of the different environments where you're in deserts and you're underwater. And then towards the end, you're on this snowy mountain. And it was, it was the snowy mountain, like the last push where I'm like, no, we're going to make it, man you and me. And I was like stuck at the hip to this other person because a, at the time I didn't even know they were another person, but I was like, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And then at the end of it, like to realize that was another person the whole time. And they were kind of reacting the same way. And, and that just, it, it made me suddenly kind of reflect on the way that, that multiplayer experiences and even honestly experiences in online spaces are constructed just in general. And somehow this game through a shared experience managed to create something that feels like it's almost impossible to be negative with, with another person. Yeah. When you, yeah. Right. You take away, you take away all communication, but a chime. Um, And unless, unless you both know uh, Morris code or something, (laughs) and then you're going to Morris code out some like, Hey, you screwed that up, dummy. Um, Right. Like that's the only way you could, could really screw this up. Um, yeah, I'll I'll say the first time I played this game was probably back in like 2000, when did this first come out? 2012? 2012. Yep. I bet it was 2013 or 14 that I played this the first time. Um, and I played it through once and I had that same experience of like, wow, this AI is pretty good. Um, (laughs) and I've talked to a lot of people who had that same experience. And, um, so I replayed it twice recently. Um, Right after we had the conversation last time, I played it again, um, and I just played it again earlier today. Um, and it's it's just different every time too, because you get a different group of characters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the time I played a week or two ago, or whenever we last recorded, um, was I had maybe a dozen or so people that kept sort of going in and out, right? Um, some would uh, stay a while, and some would not. Um, and this last time though, I, there was like one person for the first push, one person for like the next room. And then I got somebody who we did the rest of the game together, like totally just (laughs) never walk away. Right. Some of these journey songs are hard to get in there, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) your commitment is, is admirable. Um, Yeah. So it was, we did the whole rest of the game and it was like one of those, like you said, where, you could totally still, if it was my first time through, I still could have been like, yeah, this AI is really like, maybe I did poorly and it's a rubber banding really hard that it's just constantly right next to me. Um, but yeah, then we went through the rest of the game and it was like, um, <laughs> a shout out to uh, 
Sapphire Kitty was the PSN <laughs> network name. <laughs> you, I, I could say it because it was full of like numbers and things like that to spell it out. So I'm sure you can't find this person, but um, yeah. But we had that that bonding experience that you know you can only get in a weird game like this. Yeah, and it's I mean <clears throat> I I can't. I can't say enough good things about this game just because it's such a really positive uh, first experience because it just, um, I don't know, it's its just difficult to classify. I don't think I've played a game that I feel like is, is a, any type of analog to it. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think there's just really anything that's comparable to it. And it's just, it's really like... It makes me think about the genre of video games that are called walking simulators. Sure. Right? And and I would say to put it into a genre that's like maybe closest to, to where it fits. But like walking is so little to do with what you do. Like you start walking, but it eventually you soar and you I mean, like and, and it just yeah, there's, this, there's platforming, right? There's this there's some platforming a platforming. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the least like I will sometimes use the the patented trademark phrase that I guess I'm developing where uh, sometimes when video games get real video gamey, I sometimes refer to them as like, man, this is a real game ass game, you know, right? Where it's just yep. and, and this is so fu- like it's so far away from that experience that I didn't even know a game like this was was possible and, and could still work and be as interesting as it is because it really, I mean, you could hand this game to nearly anybody and they would probably be able to, to figure it out and have an experience, I think. So that, yeah, that's, um, I think it would be interesting for, for maybe both of us to go back to last time. Cause I think I almost slipped up a few times when telling you a little bit about this game, um, mm-hmm. of like, is it single player? Is it multiplayer? You know, I, I think I was pretty cagey on it. Um, but I also said, you know, I, I recommended, um, to, to even have your children try to play this. Cause I, I figured, you know, this is something that a child could probably play and sort of figure out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what this sort of age floor on this would be, but, um, again, it's one of these like weird multiplayer games. that doesn't feel like a multiplayer game. Um, and even if it, even if you know that it is, there's not someone like in team chat, just yelling at you. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's also I think why I recommended it without really consulting in the slightest. I was like, just play Journey. You're just going to do it. Yep. Um, yep. Exactly. Because it felt yep. so safe of a game, um, and it's pretty quick once you've once you've done it once, right? I, I did a the, the playthrough I just had a few hours ago it was probably right around two hours, right? Okay. Um, start to finish again, most of it with a, another person who sort of knew what they were doing, but. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's um, that's what's so interesting to me too, because I, I thought uh, I thought about this too. It, it it is a it's basically a one sit down experience. Like you can, it's best experience from start to finish, just right there. Boot mm-hmm. it up, play it until it's done. And aside from retro games that you get really good at, I can't think of you know a lot of experiences that are like that in the video game space either, and it suddenly made me really want them. Yeah, um, right, right. The the like the thing that I kind of loathe about starting new games is not you know doing something new or or getting outside of my comfort zone. It's just the like I have a huge commitment now. Like I have several seasons of television worth of commitment on my hands to get through this and it feels shockingly modern to make a game like this. Like it's almost, it's coming up on eight years old. Actually, it's a little bit more than eight years old. Now this feels like a game that would thrive. And this type of game would thrive in the current climate that we have of like PlayStation now and Xbox game pass uh, and, and those type of services. Cause this feels like a game. It feels like a hard sell really. Like, I mean, cause you can't really, when you're trying to get somebody to play this game and buy this game, you can't really tell them too much about what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what I did last time. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you just, you almost just have to like give them visuals that are really interesting, which this game has in spades. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's actually one of, you know, it's visually really impressive. I played it on the PlayStation four. Um, and it's just, it's, you wouldn't really know because of the stylized visuals and the nice port that they did. You wouldn't know that it's an eight year old game. You know, um, I, that was one of the, the crazy things I think is that 
it's not that the graphics looked like they were PS3 graphics, but I think playing it right now, I would be hard pressed to say that I had a different experience eight years ago playing it on a, a wholly uh, one generation reboot system. Um, that they made it look nice on the PS4, to be sure. Um, but like you said, the, the sort of graphics that they used already looked nice on a PS3. Um, yeah. There's not too much to this. It's not, you know, hard edges. It's not, you know, N64 polygons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, and they choose, choose the environments very well for that too, right? These flowing desert landscapes. Um, all the, the creatures in the game, all the things are very soft edged things that, you know, render easily. Well, and it's it's why I've always had a soft spot in my heart for games that choose a very distinct visual style over an emphasis on realism, um, because I think they just tend to age more gracefully anyway. Um, you look at like the original World of Warcraft, which is, God, how old is that now? It's like 16 years old, maybe, maybe more than that. More um, than that. The and they've original, done some, yeah, boy. they've yeah. done some graphical overhauls of that game, but it's still, you know largely looks like it did when it came out and still looks pretty good and you know you look at like another blizzard game like overwatch where clearly more stylized than than you know true visual you know realism fidelity um i'm playing sea of thieves from rare right now same thing and you put journey up next to that too and i I feel like if a game can lean on a very distinct very deliberately chosen visual style and not try to be realistic um, it's just going to look better over time than, than something that's trying to be realistic. Like I just, not to segue too far, but I just picked up a copy of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and that runs on um, whatever the engine is that uh, runs Battlefield because it's yeah, made by yeah. the, the company that makes Battlefield. Um, and yeah, they're, it's, it's really impressive. Like it's technically, it's really good looking, but it still gets so close to the uncanny valley sometimes yeah. that you're just kind of like, you know, well, there's a contrast with um, Jedi Knight 2 that we talked about, right? And lots, mm-hmm. it's not to just say that game did it wrong. Lots of games of that era were trying to push into that, right? And trying to make it look as real as possible with all sorts of polygons. And, yeah. you know, that just doesn't age well. No, no. So, I mean, this is, I, I would think the only concern that I would have for this is, is, um, you know, I would say it's a timeless game, but the fact that you do kind of have to have other people playing, it doesn't mean there may come a time in the future where the experience is diminished. I was wondering about that too. And I mean, obviously we both played it and had plenty of people playing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it's one of those where like, you know, you don't, it's instanced. So if there's 10 people playing at some point, like, well, they're in that instance, you just keep shutting down more and more of them, but it seems like it would work. That said, play more journey. Um, Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, (laughs) and I I will say this, I will play more journey. And actually I, I got a free copy of it on the PlayStation four because it was one of those that Sony gave out, I think pretty early, early in the COVID crisis as, you know, stay home, play games. It's great. Um, but it's on steam and I did pick up the steam version because it's a, it was on sale. I think I paid like 12 bucks or 13 bucks, but you also get a copy of flower thrown in for free. Uh, And I never played flower either. So I'm going to go through and and play that. Um, but I picked it up because I was like, this seems like a game I would want to play again. And and that surprises me because when I set the controller down, I was like, is that going to be as fun the next time through? But it sounds like. The experiences can vary Man, my, a little bit. My know. third time through is a ton of fun. Like that third time through that I just did <clears throat> was maybe my favorite of the three. Um, okay. And again, a lot of it is, I mean, it, it, I knew a lot more of the things. So there was one part in the snowy bit where like we, um, and again, the, the person who was, was right there with me um, kind of got turned around. We, we slipped off a ledge and I think I, we had thought that that was the path we were supposed to go on. Go on and then we got like turned around I probably burned like 10 minutes just trying to figure out what to do and then got back on path. Um, mm. But um, that was about the only slip up we had, I'd say. And the rest of it, you know, went pretty well. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would say like, so going through the game, right, there's not much of it. I think there's like eight main chunks. Um mm-hmm. 
but I'd be curious, like what, what things stand out to you or what sort of levels you remember the most or, or you know, what well, sort of. I, yeah, it's tough to, I mean, it's tough to like, because it just all happens so quickly. Um, I feel like the first playthrough is very overwhelming um, just because, uh, you know, you're basically kind of like taking in these vistas or, or the, these mysterious surroundings. But the game does a really good job of just like kind of pressing you forward and just showing you where to go next. And and the thing I will always compliment a video game when it is able to get me to turn off some of my worst gamer instincts <laughs> or, you know, I won't even say worse, but I'll just say some of my default gamer instincts. And one of them is like, you know, scouring the room for collectibles, power ups or what have you. And I really didn't in Journey. I was really focused on just like, okay, well, there's this thing. And then clearly there's some other things. So it was really like, it really was, I mean, A, calling it Journey is, you know, a really good title because that's what it is. But it really was, I was just focused on traversal. You know, I was just focused on trying to get from here to there. And I didn't really, like, it was one of those where I was like, maybe there's stuff to find and maybe I'll go back and look for it later. And like, I want to like look around, but I want to get to this to this next place there's always that next plateau or there's that next bridge you have to build or there's this thing you have to scale or so the things that really stuck out to me were um you know i mean the opening is obviously really iconic um the first bridge building sequence i had no idea what to do yeah that uh, that one stands out and from the the eight-year-old play right the, the time i played eight years ago i think that's what i sort of remembered because that that feels like that first learning experience right and um there's been some interviews that um that the team that that built this has done and talks about like the different stages of the game as different stages of life um and those very early ones is just this childlike learning of you don't know what to do so you press buttons mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you press a button near a piece of fabric and it turns into a bridge you're like oh cool i can make bridges um yeah. And then as you get into the middle game, you, you feel much more comfortable, right? Um, and then as you get into the late game, uh, well, <laughs> we could talk about that at any point, but. Sure. Well, it, it uh, the, yeah, I mean, my experience with that first bridge building sequence was a little bit different, though, because <laughs> I clearly kind of got somebody who, who sort of like, initially they were kind of looking around, but then they very clearly like knew what they were doing. Ah. And that was one of those where you kind of mentioned earlier where you're like, man, am I sucking at this? And like the game is just telling me, hurry it up. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's legitimately what I felt. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just supposed to build the bridge. Or it would be a good tutorial level, right? If there was an AI in there, it's like, just walk up to these things and then. Right, right. And I definitely, think, I definitely completed like one or two and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Thanks, little guy. You know, um, not realizing it was another person. Uh, so, so that one stuck out with me. Um, th the first time that you get a real sense of verticality, I, I feel like was that room where it fills with water at every stage and you kind of go around and there's, yeah, the, yeah. The big spiral. Yeah. Yep. So that one <clears throat> was huge. Um, the giant, like, uh, downhill slalom, like, oh yeah, that's super fun stage. That one, that one was super impressive. Um, do you know, uh, actually while you're on that one, I'll say, um, one of the things to, to piggyback on the point you just had, you know, both of us are um, people who want those uh, achievements, right? Yeah. And um, even on my third playthrough, like I knew what some of the achievements are. I looked again after my second playthrough and there's ones I know I don't have. Um, and it's, this is one of the few games where I was like, nah, achievements aren't that important. Like that I could push some of those out of my mind. Um, and particularly the collectibles, right? That there's a lot of those times where maybe I would stop and walk around or look or look behind this rock or something. But like you said, the game does such a good job of pushing you forward. Um, and sort of once you know that someone else is there with you, mm -hmm. right? Um, like it almost feels like you're holding them up too, <laughs> that you want to keep pace with them, right? You want to show them this person that you will never meet, that you are not talking to, um, to show them that you're, you're, sort of going along just as quickly, right? Um, that you know how to do this and that this is a, a team essentially. Yes. But that's a, that's a weird feel. It's also, uh, I never would have believed that I would say this until after having played this game, but I think it's a real stroke of genius to have it be completely random who you match up with, that you oh, yeah. cannot pick a partner to play with. Um, yep. I think it's I think it's absolutely essential and integral to the experience. 
um, because part of I think part of the stated game design of of Journey when I kind of read through you know some notes on the game and its development was an emphasis on making the player feel incredibly small in this huge open world you know that, that you're going yeah. on this massive journey and you're just this tiny part of this giant spectacle that's happening around you and i feel like yeah, they do that, that is, is they that, do that very faithfully yeah <laughs> i'm i'm so sorry uh those of you who may be tired of the journey puns uh, <laughs> um I mean, you could you could look into the future when we'll be done with this. But. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, and I feel like having that like that feeling of other, right? Like that that this person yeah. you don't know them, but you also have to pull together, like because yeah. I mean, and and the game does a really good job of immediately rewarding you from from understanding how to properly cooperate and how to like charge each other up and and keep each other safe, you know. So it's it's this forced, I mean, not really forced, but just it's not even forced, right? It's it's, it's super it's, organic, right? Yes, it's like, yeah, yeah. It 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 says a lot about. I mean, it's a game. It, it's it's what I would consider the gaming equivalent of of a piece of art because it really does have a lot to say, and what it has to say is largely dependent upon you know what you bring in with you and and what you take with and, you and and, that and it says it all without words. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it's a good it's a good comparison you're making to say like, you know, both of us wanted to play this. Um and one of the thoughts that I had in my mind was like, oh, you know, we could sign on at the same time and then like chat with each other. And I thought about that for like a minute. I was like, nope, that is not how that is not how I want Prince to play this game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I I do not want to be on a headset with him when this is happening. Um I want him to play this alone but with some stranger. Yes. Right? And as it turns out, largely with uh, the same stranger, I got a, some sort of an achievement to unlock and it was like a 6% or 5% or 4% oh, yeah, yeah. unlock that was like played through the majority of the game with like the same person or something. That's what I, I just got that on my third run. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the end of it, um, I, I didn't happen to go through the trophy list until after that splash screen hit that it was like people you met along the way and then i went oh whoa and then i went to the the trophy list and i went oh whoa (laughs) and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks you're like those were people i was playing with people it was such a really good exclamation point on an already really amazing experience you know right and you'll you'll never meet that person again right no um and like I had people on the second run that like were great and I didn't even <laughs> write down their name to, to call them out. Um, right. They're just gone. Right. They're just, they're, they're out there. Um, but it gives that sense of community in the game. Um, that sense of, you know, I don't know, something weird. Well, and this, this is, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, um, I'm going to go somewhere with this point and it's a, I'm not going to try to like, it might sound like I'm throwing shade and I'm not trying to throw shade. Um, but I'm also trying to, uh, trying to, to, to make a point, but like, I'll I'll tell you, I'm trying to work a journey pun into it. So that's what my, so go for it. Noted. Uh, the, um, the, the recent game that came out, which was, uh, all about, uh, building bridges. Um, uh, I can't remember death stranding. Death oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So Hideo Kojima, when he made Death Stranding, talked about how part of his part of his emphasis and part of his his design language for this game was to try to create a space that was online and cooperative without people really knowing about it, and trying to design a space where people could be could only build each other up and not tear each other down. And I read that and watched a bunch of Death Stranding play and never really played Death Stranding because it's a very long bloated game. Well, it's, I mean, it's Hideo Kojima. So, you know, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a long experience. Um, and, and I immediately thought of that after I finished playing Journey because I'm like, man, Genova Chen already did that and he got it done in an hour and a half, man. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it, it feels like he wanted to accomplish basically everything that Journey is already a masterclass in. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess you maybe want to take your take on it too, but like, that is what Journey is, right? It is a, yeah. it's a shared space where people can only, I mean, maybe you could troll somebody in Journey, but you'd really have to try 
Um, and, and it's, it's, well, yeah. I mean, you just get to the next section and then they, they're going to give you another person. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I mean, an interesting comparison. Yeah. Um, because Death Stranding and Journey are somewhat worlds apart. Oh my God. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> because I, I, I don't know how much you know about Death Stranding, but the central. I didn't play it either, but I, I watched a bit. So. Yeah, so the central mechanic there is the whole literally building bridges um, with other players, and you can only do that the by boxes. pooling. Yeah, right. you can only do that by pooling resources with other people whom you've never met. But it eventually opens the game up and makes it far easier. And I, I mean, I get it, and I see that commentary in there, and I, but I'm like, man, there's a lot of other stuff in there that just I'm like, okay. Uh, but but like Journey is that thing. Like I'm, I'm like, if that's if that's what you want to do in a digital space this is what journey did and it did it exceedingly well. And and it also managed to do just so many other things. I mean, I, I just, this, this game slipping past me, uh, and, and, you know, not, you know, being something that I'm finishing in 2020 instead of 2012, this is why we're doing the podcast. Like I was so excited about it. Cause I was yeah. like, this is great. I, I had a great experience. Um, and it made me go back through the entire catalog of Annapurna Interactive uh, on PC. They've made some great stuff. They've Boy. put out some good stuff. And so it reminded me that, and, and I, I don't want to be the, you know, the typical hipster, you know, I'm only smoking cloves. I'm doing, you know, micro brew and I'm talking about games made by publishers that only make under a certain amount per year. But it did remind me of the huge value of, of just keeping independent games in your steady diet of video gaming, you know, and I had recently played, you know, mostly games that were put out by, by larger studios and they were big like budget a, games. Like destiny. That's like, an easy one. Like destiny. Uh, That's a played, journey song. Sorry. I mean, that one's a, it's, a, <laughs> <sighs> it's hard if, 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 yeah, no, it's accurate. So it's there, uh, you know, and I've, I've played some sea of thieves and I'm, I'm about ready to play, you know, <laughs> a game by EA for God's sake. Um, but it also, it reminded me that, that this podcast, I mean, we're not exclusively going to talk about smaller games and smaller studios. Oh and, no. And At some point I'm going to have you play persona five, mm -hmm. uh, maybe the exact opposite of this mm -hmm. game in many aspects. Um, but yeah, games don't have to be long to be good, but just because a game is short doesn't make it good, or just because a game is long doesn't make it good, right? Yeah, and like um, I said, it, it really it made me come away from this experience going, God, I wish there were more games like this, where you could just, yeah. you know, you could pick it up, you could play through it, and you could, you could have it for what it is right there, one sitting, you know, and just really have it, and, and just have it be such an amazing quality as this, because I, I just, I can't think of another game that's also you know, this duration and this rewarding, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to think of other parts of the game. Um, I will, I will sneak it upon. Do you recall, uh, do you recall, uh, if, well, I'll ask first, um, did you get, uh, attacked by any of the giant robot dragons? Oh yeah. So that's where your scarf rips off, right? So did you get attacked first? Did you, did you watch, um, your partner at the time get attacked first? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think it got me first. If, I, if I'm being okay. totally honest, I think it got me first. Because I think that's an interesting one. Like, because um, the second time through, I, I don't remember what would have happened years ago, but the second time through, like I was in that, that zone and I was like sort of trying to stay hidden and, you know, my, my clumsy AI or, or whatever um, <laughs> yeah. like was out there. And again, it's one of those places where you can think, oh, wow, the AI is showing me what not to do. Um, but like just made a run for it. And one of these things just grabs him and cuts the scarf and you're like, Oh, shouldn't do that. Um, and yeah, I think the, the, the third time, like we just stuck together and path found our way through that, um, and didn't, but, um, there are parts of this game that you can, I mean, you don't die, right? The character doesn't die. Well, <laughs> that happens later. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But there are things that are dangerous, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And kind of and, creepy, I mean, if you're playing it, you know. Well, and it's really, and that's where it kind of the emotion sets in, right? Is that um, one of the best examples of filmmaking and, and like mistakes that you can make, I feel like is 
in in the Empire Strikes Back when you don't see the Wampa, right? Like because oh, yeah, what, yeah. what you don't see is sometimes more chilling or affecting. That and then special edition comes along and kind of undoes all that work and what have you. But like the this game is really good about like I don't need to understand what those monsters are. I don't need to understand where they come from. I am just immediately shown how dangerous they are to me. And and this game does such a good job of just communicating to you in ways that are immediately understandable and making you feel the way that they want you to feel right. I mean, at times it's triumphant and at times you feel like you're literally soaring. And then at times it makes you feel like everything is crushing down around you. And it, it, it just does it effortlessly like that. That's, I was so impressed by that. Yeah. It's, and it, it does tell a story, right? There are cutscenes, Yep. Um, essentially. And there are these panels you can find and light up, um, there's a bunch of the, again, these are the sort of, well, not the cutscenes; those are the main story, but there's a lot of these like collectibles and things hidden in the sides. Um, I, I'm assuming you found some of the collectibles that make your scarf longer. You would almost certainly have to. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, have yep. done that. Yep. Um, but there's a bunch of those. Um, I was just looking, um, because I, I remembered after the first time I looked it up and then I'd forgotten, but if you find all those collectibles that make your scarf longer, um, when you the next time you play, and then in the future, um, you have a white cloak. Oh. Um, and I've never run into anybody who had one of those, but um, I, I assume those people are out there. Um, it's also the case that the more times you beat the game, you get more embroidery coming up from the bottom of your cloak. Um, oh. So mine has now um, a, a few different levels of embroidery. And the person I was playing with, again, this last time, I could tell had beaten the game one more time than me because their, the embroidery mm-hmm. on their cloak was just a little bit taller than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all these like little, little small things that um, can give you information if you know what you're looking for, but otherwise they're just good, you know, dressing essentially. Well, and I think on the, on the podcast before, I can't remember which episode it was. I had talked about games that I traditionally find myself drawn toward. Um, and, and a lot of times I like games with complexity and games with a little bit of minutia and games with systems that are rewarding and things that to master. And this game was so far the opposite of that. And so rewarding that it it did it. It's in a, in a way it was really kind of a breath of fresh air for me because yeah, you're right. I mean, it's really, um, I wish more games would, would look at this style of presentation and draw something from it because you don't have to just always give me a menu. That's like your cloak, your cloak shields you from the elements, but also becomes oh. more decorated. The more <laughs> successful journeys you take oh, through the open desert. You know, oh right? God. Like, why did I, why did I picture a, 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 an owl, like a talking owl popping up in the bottom of the screen <laughs> in a bubble, right? From somewhere else, like right. doing that voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they could totally, oh, yeah, but a lesser game would have done that, right? Like it yeah. would have yeah. designed a character that pops up and tells you. This yeah. Stuff. I think, I mean, there is a light tutorial, right? Like at the very beginning, it, it, it puts a very, very, um, like wireframey PlayStation controller on and like highlights an X or an O and just has press. And it tells you that yep. once, and then it's just like, cool, you got it. Yep. Um, but it's like such a light touch um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it is it is very easy to to forget, frankly. Yeah. Um, well, and it's just in, it, it. I think good. I think good pieces of art in this space will rely on the audience to put it together, right? Like I, I think some of my favorite films also are constructed that way, right? Where all the pieces of the narrative clicking into place are there for you so that you may even at some point kind of start to draw conclusions yourself. Sometimes they're red herrings and sometimes they're legitimate, but like it's not just standing in front of the audience and going, look, you dummy, it was this guy. This guy did it. Remember yeah. this guy? You know, it's 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 relying on the audience to be paying attention. And I think this video game does that same thing, right? It it tickles that same part of my brain where it's just like, you're an adult, you picked up the controller, you're here to take a journey. The game's called journey. Fucking take a journey, man. Just do it. Yep. (laughs) Um, and, and I, I really enjoyed that. It was just, it, it tells you this, it tells you that and it goes good. Get there. So, um, I'd say we, I, I would say we probably don't want to spoil any of the last, bits um i'll say you know there's a part um there's kind of a fall then you know after the fall 
cross that off. Go to a higher place. It's like a daydream, you know. Uh, well, I mean, do Escape. we do we are we worried about um, that? Everybody who's listening here, lights. Every everybody who's listening here should have um, should have played along. Yeah, huh? I I I see what you're doing. Also, but uh, <laughs> it's like a wheel in the sky, you know. <laughs> Wowie, you uh, most of your notes revolved around this, didn't they? Uh, ex- exclusively my notes revolved <laughs> around this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do want to talk about I do want to talk about the way that that game ends because there's very few games that uh, literally kill you, right? Like it's you, sure. you don't. I mean, th- that is what happens. Yeah, I mean, you're you're dead. I think that was. I mean, that's my read on it. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't tell if that's what it was or not. But I mean, it. it it certainly seemed that way because then where you are afterwards certainly feels as, as after lifey as possible. And that conclusion sequence where you are literally soaring to the mountaintop is. That's a fun one. It's great. And I mean, it's just, again, a game that's not afraid to put you through it because before that, you know, you're literally freezing to death in the mountain um, slowly, you know, right. That you're just, yeah. Boy, and that's one where, you know, if you have someone there with you that is like you are clustering together as tightly as possible because then you charge your scarves, right? Uh-huh. Um, so the game has pulled you closer together. Um, and of the three times I've played, there's been times where like the other person has, you know, gone off or, you know, we're not at the same place or blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you just get up there and uh, die alone. Um, and that feels very different than, a run where you have someone and you are like, the only thing you are trying to do is keep that stick uh, pointed the right way so that you could be in the same pixel as this other person. Yep. Um, so you could like, it, you don't have arms. Let's toss that out there, but essentially hold hands uh, the way up this mountain. Right. Um, yeah. And then by virtue of how that plays out, right. One of you is going to drop and then one of you is going to drop a second later. Well, and um, I, I'll say this too. I'm I'm really like, I, I'm so grateful that I had the experience that I had for my first time through in that sequence, because that's the one that I was talking about earlier where we were powering our way through. Cause there, there's just parts of that level, which are just kicking you real hard, right? With the oh, wind, yeah. the wind whips yeah. up and then it can knock you way back. And, and I get the impression that the, the, the other person that I was playing with, Again, now in hindsight, me thinking about this and realizing it was actually a player, because again, at the time I was like, my AI buddy, um, I, I get the impression that we were both fairly equivalent. So either this was this person's first time through, or maybe, you know, maybe it's a new person on that account or something like, because they were making many of the same mistakes that I was like just getting buffeted by the wind in the wrong place and getting knocked back. And so we would, but we would stick with each other. We were really like, I would wait for them or I would go back for them or we'd shield under the same piece of cover. And there was this moment again, where we made it through all this stuff. And there's a, there's a bridge that you cross before you get to like the final stair sequence, which then takes Uh you up the cliff where you, you know, ultimately meet your fate. So right before that, we're going on this bridge that has no handrails and my, mm-hmm. my buddy falls off, right? They're just, <laughs> they're gone. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Like, well, like my, I think I said that like out loud. I was like, oh my God, no. Um, and I just instinctively, like, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I'm going after him. And I just went over the edge right where they were. And I landed you know, poof, right in the snow. And there they were, you know, like picking themselves back up. And I'm like, we're doing it again, man. Come on. And I I think I tapped out a little bit of like, you know, and and like, man, that, that is a, that is a message of love. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, I was really attached to this again, not knowing it was another human being. I'm just like, we're, we're doing this buddy. We're going to get through this. And so (laughs) through the whole rest of the thing, we did it again. We did it in half the time. We made it to the bridge. Nobody fell off. We got knocked around a bunch on the steps. And, and so then I would wait for him and then I'd have a bad run and then he would wait for me. And then we made it there and we did, we had that final push. We are just lockstep with each other. We're just, and we're just, you can't even really talk at that moment. Like if you try to try to chime out, it's just so yeah, muted. You can right, the chime goes away, right? As you get weaker, yep. right? You can't do the burst anymore, but yep. you also lose that ability to chime, which is really right you, you're losing this the only voice that they have given you in this game which is yep. itself very powerful right it's a very good choice and i and like i think it slowly fades first because it's not completely yeah. gone all the way and so no, we're no, just yeah, slowly we're just like beep, bop, beep, bop, 
and like it's just fading and we're just like chattering back to each other until we can no longer speak to each other and then we're just silently trudging together up this hill and and my my friendo was the person who was just a slight step ahead of me and just and i'm like oh no and then me too and i'm like oh boy like you know and then it, it just fades and then it goes into that that finale sequence and i just you know, again, it's just, it get, it hits you right in the feels, man. It's just, what an I'm experience. Surprised. Yeah, right. I'm surprised that, especially if you thought that was an AI, right? That um, in so many games, right? If you had an AI there and they fall off a cliff or something, just be like, eh, I'll be all right without you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just keep on going or, or expect them to like bubble back in or pop back up around the next corner. Right. Um. Yeah, so I mean that says a lot about how much you were just connected to this other thing. Yes. Right, that you didn't know what it was. Yes. Um, yeah. It was very and, interesting. Well, and I think I think again that's where that chime system becomes like really strangely oh, yeah, more yeah. important than than you would think it is because like again, I would just kind of beep boop at at you know, not realizing that's whoever the the player was. And a lot of times they would echo back whatever pattern I would do. Sometimes they would do their own pattern and we would just kind of develop this, this weird babble language. And, and, you know, again, me and this, the snowy peak person were just like, we were chattering. And so, you know, you get that chatter going and then suddenly you're in a fight for survival and it just, it very, yeah, it just at an instinctual level with me, it was just like, we're going to make this like, we're going to, we're going to, we got to do this, man. Like we got, and, and, and it made me feel so deeply where so many other games can't that are way more elaborate and have way more set pieces and way more stakes and dialogue. Like this game somehow just really just taps into that visceral human condition, right? Of like, it's well, us against this thing. We got to well, do it. And when you, when you take away, right, the character, your character doesn't have any dialogue, right? It doesn't have anything except you, right? It's, it's much easier for you to feel like that character. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not having, you know, huge conversations with other people, right? If they're not developing that character, they didn't develop this character in the slightest other yep. than what you put into it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> that, that experience then is, is much more close to your own um, than to just that of a protagonist that's in a story. Yep. Yeah. The only motivations are really, yeah, again, what you bring with you. you know? Well, I would say it even again on the motivation front. Um, it is one of those things we talked about with doom last week, strangely to make the comparison of that, like always pushing forward, right? Like mm-hmm. always trying to get you. Um, there's so many parts of this game where like, you're not sure if it's a cutscene or not. You're not sure if like you're controlling things, but you are slamming that, that stick forward. Cause if, you're not going to like stop and see if you're walking. You're just going to make sure that you're walking. Um, <laughs> yes. Like it is always forward. There's just so little dwelling. There's so little like waiting around. Well, and I had that experience too. I think it's one of the, I think it's, uh, and we can talk about that final cliff sequence. That's just, I mean, it's pretty much indescribable. You just have to to play it, but it's just, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's a good sequence. It's just, it's, it's how I imagine, you know, uh, I'm going to bring in a Star Trek reference here because I'm a giant Star Trek fan, but it's like there, there's a, there's a character who can shape shift in Star Trek Deep Space Nine and that character loses the ability to shape shift. And it's like their whole existence was being able to experience other things and being, you know, and then there's a sequence where that character gets their ability back. The first thing they do is transform themselves into a hawk and soar through the largest area of the station just to fly around and, and experience that feeling of freedom. Like that's what that final sequence is. Like I imagine if I were transformed into something yeah. that could just suddenly go fly, it would just be like, let's do this. It's like, it's like, why can't this night go on forever? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got to watch though. You got to watch <laughs> if you turn into a hawk for too long. Like, Tobias, he gets stuck as a hawk, but <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's you do have that feeling. Why can't this night go on forever? Uh, it just it is. It's pure joy. It's pure elation, and and it just and putting it right after you have that grueling experience with with your your friendo. Yeah, um, getting to the bottom and then giving you that. Yeah, yeah. It just it it manages to again in such a tidy little package. I I just I was. 
my my first experience with this was just I set down the controller and I was like I just said wow like at the end of it I just put my controller down on the table and I went wow you know <laughs> yeah th- that last sequence was interesting for for me um, because it was one of those cutscenes where like I think you do have to press A or something to stand back up. Oh, uh-huh. and I think I recognized it like two or three seconds after I was supposed to have done it. And the person I was playing with must have just been like wailing on a or uh, it's a PlayStation controller, or whatever. X. Whatever a is X. Oh, sorry. Um, it's officially cross. Uh, <sighs> this was settled on the Twitterverse. Kai. It's Kai. <laughs> um, and so I'm like a few seconds behind and they're flying up into this. I'm like, Oh no, I have to catch them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh no, they're alone. Um, and I'm like cutting corners. I'm like making all these jumps, uh, and then caught them, but then I'm going too fast and I fly right past them. And I was like, Oh now I have to like turn around and, you know, chime a bit and be like, Hey buddy, I'm here. Um, you could catch up to me now. I'll slow down. Um, but yeah, trying to, to keep that even in that part. It's just, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, that's maybe the, the, the space where I lost track of my buddy the most. Um, I think eventually we met back up at the plateau. I don't even remember who got there first. Cause I was just mostly like, I'm flying <laughs> spaceman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then you get there and then, um, you know, then it, it very, you know, Almost the the one thing that I can maybe say about that ending is I was like, we're going to get to the top of that mountain and we're going to start over again. Like that's what's going to happen. And that is what happened. And, and and it's not a slight. It's just like, I don't see that experience concluding any other way, just with the way that they have it put together. Um, it just, it felt appropriate, albeit maybe a, a you know, that you could see it coming, but, um, but yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. It's hard for me to, to sort of think about what it, my first experience eight years ago was like, Right. But, um, I think even in my second playthrough, the more recent one, um, I think I probably did see it coming, but I don't know. I think it would be easy enough to play through it and just not be sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's again, not a, not a detraction against the game. It's just, um, it felt like the appropriate conclusion, right? Okay. That's fair. That the game is about, about the journey. And so, you know, when you, when you get there, do it again. Do it again. You know, right? Yep. And and it, it's and even that you could you could sit there and and dissect what that means. And and I think that's that's what I like about this game is that because again it's such a contained experience, um, which means many of the choices and decisions that were made in this game were made for deliberate reasons. Um, yeah. It's not just they're trying to make sure it has this many levels and check this many boxes and then it has this many boss fights and this many upgrades. It's just a, it's a, it's a game about an, an experience. Eventually you find out a shared experience um, and it wants you to go along the path, you know, right. And, and it, and it's just, it's really, it's beautiful in a way that I think I don't, I'm not able to say often about video games enough that, that it was just a beautiful experience. Um, and yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. And, and like I said, so much so that, I rarely do this with games too, where it's like, I already have a copy of it, but I went out and bought another copy of it because like I didn't pay for the first one. And I'm like, well, they, I need to give them some bucks because this was really good. This was, um, I, I saw this somewhere when I was looking into press on it, that like one of the, the critiques that people have about it is that it's short. And again, it's, it's, if you're not like dwelling anywhere and if you kind of know how to do it, it's, it's about two hours. Right. Right. Um, if you're just sitting down and saying, I want to knock a quick run a journey out. Um, and the, the, I figured it was the studio or one of the creators, um, their, their return to that was like, well, you know, we, we wanted this to be much more like a, like a favorite book or a favorite movie that, um, you could just sit down and do, um, and read over and over. And, you know, lots of movies are in that two hour block. Like, like (laughs) how many times have I seen empire, right? Which is like two and a half hours. Um, and this is a game that now I've played a bunch of times and I'll probably play more like every once in a while, um, like just having a bad day or something or a bad month or whatever. And you play a quick two hour game of journey. Like that's going to make you feel a little better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only, the only thing I can think of that, um, and I'll have to play it again to see how it, how it holds up. I'm going to give it some time and then go back to it. But this is 
right up there with some of my other favorite games where I really, really wish that you could grab that men in black neuralizer and just wave it in front of your face enough to just blank out this experience just so you could experience it all over again. Yeah. Um, because there really is, I mean, like it, it, it made such a first impression on me each time I saw a new space or a new Vista or I'm, I'm sliding down a mountain that's, you know, <clears throat> that's basically a sand slide almost, um, or I'm, I'm going to the depths of this pit uh, and being attacked by robo dragons or, you know, I mean, just whatever you, you see for the first time. And, and it's just so powerful that the, that's the only thing that I will miss is just being able to see all those things for the first time. I think the interesting thing on multiple um, plays is that you start to, well, first off, you recognize that the other people are people. Um, and then you start to recognize that they're all different, right? So th this last one I did, um, again, was with someone who had beaten the game once more than me. Um, and we almost like got into this. I mean, we weren't speed running it, but we were like close to that mentality of like, let's just do this. You know, <laughs> like we right. both know what we're doing, both know what's going down. Let's just do this as efficiently as possible. Um, but you'll also run into people. Um, and again, you could tell this from, from the cloaks, um, that it's their first time through, uh, and that are struggling or looking for ways to do this. And then you could sort of offer that helping hand too, which also feels really good. Um, which is sort of why every one of these experiences feels different. Um, that again, the first time I played felt very different than the second felt very different than the third, mm. um, mm -hmm. that who you're matched with is going to create a very different experience because so much of this game is that interaction with a person you can't talk to and you don't know um who yeah. may have played this or may not right yeah yeah very true very true so that has me kind of excited for for my next playthrough i'm i'm looking at the record time here and i'm realizing that we're we're in danger of uh, the length of the podcast eclipsing a very quick playthrough of this game. So, uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I really liked it. I think, I think, um, again, this was a good recommend. So, so thanks. I, I want to close by reading through a couple of things that I just jotted down when I had, you know, a, a notebook next to me. Um, just because, you know, some of this just struck me in the moment, but, um, the first one was this AI is really good, which, you know, again, we already talked about. Um, I was like, this game hits you right in the feels. Um, I instinctively tried to turn the motion controls off. Is there a menu? Question mark. Uh, I, I, I then just set that uh, aside. Wow. This computer guy is way better at this stage than I am. <laughs> um, variation in theme setting is amazing sense of scale overwhelming awe-inspiring um we're getting through this together buddy i wrote that in all caps uh and then this must be towards the end of the game wait wait holy beep, was that not an ai uh and then yeah i want more games like this single serving complete experiences um yeah i mean this is just it's it's a real gem so be sure to pick it up i don't think it's free anymore on on playstation network um, but it, uh, yeah, it's pretty much wherever games are, including steam as of just a couple of weeks ago. So that's our take on journey. Do you think we got it right? Do you think we got it wrong? Is there something we missed? Is there something you wish we would have talked about? Did we talk about something too much? Did Paul make too many puns about the band journey? Um, you can, no, <laughs> no, just objectively, you can tweet I mean, at I still us. have songs on the list. <laughs> We are at missing save file. Uh, you can also find us facebook.com slash missing save file. Um, or you can find our website with all that contact information at missing save file.com. Hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the game that we, we will be playing next month on the show. Stay right there. It's the missing save file. We will meet again. We, oh my God. It's not, it's not, they have a deep catalog. They, they, they really do.
This is The Missing Save File, uh, the video game podcast that is sort of like a book club where we go back through the games that we somehow missed the first time around. And this is the part of the show where I, Jason, my co-host Paul, we talk about a little bit. We tease what we're going to be playing while we're recording our next episode so you can play along with us if you haven't. Um, or just prepare yourself for uh, for our next show. So we want to make sure for each of these shows uh, that you have played through these games so we can have a thorough uh, and in-depth conversation. And we wound up, we had a little spirited discussion here between first segment you just heard and now we had some good contenders this time around. Um, honestly, yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had a game that neither of us had played and we toyed around with doing that. We may still do that in the future. Um, we had a game that I had played, you had not. Um, and the and, listener that <laughs> I had not, yeah, you had that you had not Paul. Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then we have a game that, that I haven't played and you have Paul. Um, and traditionally the way we've done this is the person who recommends what we play next is the person who's played the game. Um, but I'm, I'm interpreting this a little bit differently. I think we're just taking turns picking the game and this time I specifically, I think I'm, I'm picking a game that I haven't played because I really want to play it, but, but you have. We're going to play Oxenfree. And I, I told you during the break that the only reason I know of this game's existence, or at least how I initially learned of this game's existence, was someone, clearly a fan of the game, uh, had left some sort of really weird cryptic note pinned to our shared corkboard at work in the master control studio that I work in. And I looked at it for days, like days and days and days on end. And I'm like, what, what is that? What is that note? What does that mean? And I finally just plunked it into Google and it came back with oxen free. And it was a, 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 some sort of a quote or reference to the game. I don't even remember what it is now. And I'm hoping through my playthrough that it will hit me. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what was on the board. Um, but I, I don't know much about this game other than it seems like it's an adventure game. It seems like there are maybe some science fiction elements, perhaps, or fantastical in nature of, of some kind. It's, uh, it's, yeah, so I'll say, so I have played this, mm -hmm. um, right? And again, we're vaguely breaking form, but again, it's our form, so we could, you know, we any can way you do want what it. we want. Any way you want it. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, boy. one or two left on there. Um, but... Yeah, I, I played this one a few years ago, but I, I it's one that I would not mind replaying. Um, it's a weird game. It's a it's it's like reading a sci fi novel is kind of um, how I remember it. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, well, and here's here's the I, f I feel like we can a little bit at least tease it. This is the official description. I think that's on the Xbox store. Uh, it says oxen free is a supernatural adventure game. Rites of passage and senior year traditions set the stage for a group of friends sneaking off to Edwards Island, an old military outpost with no phone service. Players will take on the role of Alex as she brings her new stepbrother Jonas to an overnight party gone horribly wrong. Inspired by classic cult films like stand by me and poltergeist oxen free is an adventure that pulls from the past, but looks to the present quote it's a coming of age story where players control how their heroes come of age end quote um and there's more but but that's probably the part that drew me in the most when referencing things like stand by me and then poltergeist i'm like all right you have my attention <laughs> i'll play this yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a choose your own adventure 80s move uh movie i mean kinda. i mean <laughs> now i'm in, now i'm even more excited to play so let's uh, let's do it. This is uh, currently available on, uh, according to my notes here, it's on Xbox Game Pass for console, Xbox Game Pass for, Pass for PC, or of course both of them if you happen to have Ultimate. Um, it's also available on Steam and and many many other platforms. So next time on the show we will be playing Oxen Free. So we hope that you that you join us for that. Um, until next time, I'm Jason, and I'm Paul. And uh, we're going to not have journey puns next time. Right, Paul? We, we, we promise? Ask the lonely. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll see you at the next save point. <laughs> oh, boy. If you're playing.